Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Everybody do me a favor and pass the message. Deuce, stop leaving your cleats and your gloves. Oh, C.D. Lamb went there <laughs> like funny. Deuce Vaughn is a little child. Tiny, he is so tiny. There was a clip of him with Micah Parsons after one of the preseason games, and it was like father-son picnic. It really is amazing to see. And the NFL, football in general, all shapes and sizes, all body types, that's what I love about it. One of the many things I love about it, there isn't any mold. Like soccer players all look the same, don't they? Yeah, yeah, agreed. Don't, don't they all kind of seem the same, within the same two to three inches, and they all have the exact same build. No, no doubt, you're right. Exact same build, right? Exact same build, right? But football, it's it is like every possible thing the factory can put out, every shape, every size, from one percent body fat to thirty percent body fat to thirty five percent body fat. It's just, I and that that image of Deuce Vaughn with Michael Parsons, it just. Is, it's beautiful because it just illustrates that all shapes, all sizes, all types. It's so many different types of human bodies that get thrust into this thing, and we get to watch it. It is. It's, it's amazing. Weeks. Just two weeks, Christopher. Two weeks. Oh, we yeah. Waking up in Kansas City, Missouri, where it was in the 90s yesterday. Hopefully, it will cool off by then. I can't wait to go back to Kansas City. Third trip to Kansas City. And we'll be there for Lions at the Chiefs, which begins 14 days from today. 7 p.m. Eastern, I assume, is when the coverage begins on NBC. If not, tune into NBC anyway at 7 p.m. Eastern and see what else is on if it's not us. But I think it will be us. <laughs> yeah, it's us. At That's 7 right. o'clock that night. Yeah. Can't I'm wait. excited. Can't I, wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. And you're right. I mean, hey, football, that's what's awesome about football. You know, all the shapes, the sizes, the different backgrounds, right? I mean, it's it's one of those few places where you could you get the you know the country white guy with the inner city black guy. And it all works, and everybody's fun. And that's what makes that's what makes people addicted to the sport. It's what makes you know people like me 
when you retire, you're like, man, something's missing. It's just that it's that energy. It's the excitement every day. And, and it is the different personalities and body types that add to it. Like, were we laughing the other day? I know I showed it on my podcast, but the Dewan Jones, uh, Jakeem Grant picture, right? With those two from the Cleveland Browns standing next to each other. I mean, yeah, there's some some moments in, a, in an NFL locker that room. That can't be real. It is that real. That can't be real. It is real. That's real? That guy is so big. I saw that. He's 6'8", and Yakeem Grant's 5'7", I believe. So it's, it's, it is real. It is an unbelievable picture. We need to pull that up. Pete, pull that up. I haven't heard from Pete yet today. I think You'll Pete see it. They'll pull it Pete, up. pull that up if you can. Yep. I, I sent it. To, see, I've got multiple text threads that are going at any one time. I've got all my PFT writers, right? MDS, Shereen Williams, Josh Alper, Miles Simmons. We were in there you go. communication all day long. And then I've got the thread for the PFT Live show. And I sent this to both with the same question in all caps. Is this real? <laughs> now, that is that the picture that I saw? That might be different. It's than a little the one different. The one I you had, or they were a little closer together. Right. Exactly right. Right. Now, that one doesn't look as stark as the one that I sent. The one that I sent, see, the one that I, th- I, I sent, I think was altered just enough to make it worse. That is still jarring, but it's not like the one that I sent. The one that I sent, when I saw it, I, I was like, there's no way this can be real. There's no way that this one human is that much bigger than the other. And I'm scrolling up through my photos now. Yeah, the one that I sent, it's 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 the one I sent's been altered. The one I sent um, is it's like nesting doll version of Jakeem Grant. It's not that same one, but that's still that still is pretty. That's still drastic. quite a difference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, but no, no. The one the one that I the one that I sent it's the one I sent clearly isn't real because Jakeem Grant is even smaller in the one I'm looking at now. But regardless, uh, who, what was it a couple years ago? It was, uh, uh, it was Derrick Henry. And another running back right. who was tiny, tiny on the same field together. And it's just another example of how these names come and go every year. Guys are in the sport. We know who they are. We talk about them all the time. And then they're just gone. It, they're just gone. But it was – I can't remember who it was with with uh, uh, Derrick Henry, who's a very large running back. And then there was a much smaller one next to him. And it was it was one of those just, oh, my gosh. Again, Father Sunday at uh, the practice field. But uh, – uh, regardless, it's 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 football, and we do love it. And I just – Dion Lewis, thank you, Pete. Pete, 30 seconds after I made it, you're awake at least, uh, eventually. Okay, so uh, – oh, I'm feeling feisty today, too, because I watched that debate last night because, number one, I do care about the future of our republic, and number two, it is high entertainment. When you put eight people on the same stage with varying degrees of self-awareness, with varying degrees of comfort in their own skin, just going at it, just – it, it is something that is mesmerizing, mostly in a bad way, to see them interact, to see them try to interact, to see them try to rattle off their talking points, to see them try to stay within the boundaries of the coaching they've received. And it's all fugazi to a certain extent, not as fugazi as Oz Perlman, but it's fugazi, <laughs> it's a magic trick, it's... It's it's you know, it's all for our entertainment and amusement and it really isn't authentic. I think we're just so I know I am so desperate to see truth and authenticity in our politicians, but then I remind myself we never really have. 
We never really have. Have we ever? It's never been as bad as I it is right now. I guess that's that. That's the point. But like, yeah, to your point, I mean, I'm I'm exhausted by it to where I I've given up on it. Honestly, it's a subject that I just I don't care anymore. I don't. I'm just I'm literally have thrown the hands up. I didn't watch a second of it. I saw don't you guys be, texting. But- I know. I don't know what it is. I've, I've given given up. Nobody wants to have healthy conversations. It's just I. So I've kind of been like, ah, eh, and I'm just mentally exhausted by all of it. And that's easy to do. And I'm not I saying that's right. I just it's where I am. Oh, I look, look. It's it's easy to say, hey, the world spun for billions of years without me giving a shit about politics. So I don't care. I opt out of it. Just tell me where to pay my taxes and stay out of my face. Right. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be stressed out by it. I don't want to be in arguments about it. Life is too short to worry about this stuff. It's very easy to do that. But, Captain Planet, there are reasons to be attuned to who is in charge. I know that. I know. The levers of government have a ton of power, especially the executive branch. I've been reading the Hamilton biography i don't think it's ever going to end that's the thing about reading a book on your phone i don't think the hamilton biography (laughs) ever ends i don't think anybody's actually ever finished the thing my goal is to finish it to live long enough to finish it i mean good lord did i did did i get paid by the word i nothing against ron chernow but good lord it never ends so i'm learning a lot although (laughs) How much do you retain of what you read in a book anyway? But I am learning a lot about the formation of the country and what the founding fathers envisioned and how America was created out of the revolution. Yeah, right. That's great. You know, the executive branch. Yeah. The executive branch. Yeah, I mean, the executive branch is strong. A lot of power there. A lot of power there. So it's something we should care about, even though it's not something we can really influence. It's something we should care about. It's something we should pay attention to. And it's something that we should be. But that, see, that's a problem. You're walking around with all this knowledge, but it's not like you can have a real conversation with anyone because everyone's in their silo. No, Nothing you say much. to anyone's going to matter. That's where I realize. You can't have that's a real conversation kinda... with anyone about anything on those issues. Yeah. Because and, you get shouted down. Exactly. Or you get told to stick to sports. Or you get told, like, we can't have a real discussion about anything. I still, I still watched it. I just wanted to see yeah. how these folks would perform in that setting. It's a weird setting where you got eight people on the stage. And again... Some get it, some don't. Some have shades, have moments where it seems real and it seems raw and it seems interesting and it seems like it's not something that's manicured and packaged and phony. Right. But anyway, enough of that. Enough of that. That. But but it's something that we should care about. I know. I listen. And, I, and I try to the, stay and, up with the but, news. It's just things like that where I go, oh, it's going to be eight people, drama, you know, BS, blah, 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 whatever that that's where I guess I get exhausted by it. And I just yeah, I'm, I'm, it's 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 a it's a tough time reading the news and going through things right now in our country to where you just go, geez, I just rather stay out of it and stay in a healthy mindset. And I will just stick to football and my family and friends. I'm going through one of those phases right now. And uh, regardless, we're here as the diversion, as the distraction, but you don't want to be. Like you don't want to eat candy all the time. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you still have to. You still have to every once in a while hold your nose and, and eat, eat some, some broccoli. broccoli. And that's, that's what right. I did last yeah. night. And it is funny. 
just dramatically contrasting views of where America currently is. One says it's great. One says it's not. It just Anyway, uh, I think there's another one coming up in late September, but it'll be football season by then, and I won't watch that one. That's one of the reasons I watched this one. It fell on a night in the preseason when there wasn't a game. Let's see what's going on. And here's the fun stuff. This one isn't as stark as I remember after seeing the Photoshopped version of Jakeem Grant uh, next to who's the guy he was next to? Dewan Jones. Jones. This right. is Dion Lewis and Derrick Henry. Oh, that see, that's that can't be. That can't be real. Well, it's foreground that, that is and background. King Dunlap yeah. and Eddie Royal. It's Eddie Royal's not like that small. I played with Eddie. Back Eddie Royal. far enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, King Dunlap was gigantic, though. Uh, uh, what else do we have? King Dunlap was what six nine. He was we one got, of those type of tackles, yeah, he was right huge. around there. He Eddie Royal, huge. I think you know. I mean, again, teammate of mine. He was five ten. You know, not exactly. It uh, looks like gigantic. he's four yards behind. I would. I would it looks say like he's so. four yards behind King Dunlap. This is something we've seen before. This is the workout video of Deuce Vaughn, Michael Parsons, and Jamar Chase, and the, like Deuce Vaughn is so tiny. And we've seen the highlights of Deuce Vaughn out on the field. And when you're a running back, you don't have to be big. Low center of gravity, run through guys' legs, do whatever you have to do to keep yourself upright and keep the ball moving forward. So I'm, I'm excited by Deuce Vaughn. That all comes from the video at the top of the show with C.D. Lamb finding that tiny little shoe where the swoosh doesn't even fit on the cleat. That's how small the cleat is. The swoosh barely fits. On the side. When you're the biggest oh, guy in the locker fun. room and when you're the smallest guy in the locker room, the locker room gets on you, right? There, there's always jokes. There's always something to be said. So that's like part of the territory. It's something Deuce Vaughn's going to have to deal with and he's going to laugh about it and whatever else. But, yeah, he's always going to have jokes like that. Just like, you know, the, the guy that's gigantic, there's always going to be something said when he walks into the room or trying to squeeze into his shirt or his shoulder pads. It, that, that's, that's the best part of a locker room is the razzing and the, you know, the constant you know, fun harassment that you get from, from other players. And the locker rooms throughout the NFL right now, you know, there's some frayed nerves after having 90 guys throughout all of the offseason program throughout all of training camp, throughout the preseason. They're going to get through the final preseason game, and then next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern comes the moment where the deadline arrives, and some teams will get an early start on it. As soon as they finish their preseason game, the coaches may start trimming a few guys here and a few guys there. They know. Right. They know. Like right. At this point, at this point, most teams, wouldn't you say four or five roster spots are up for grabs? They know who's going to be – given a one-way ticket out of town. And those guys are going to play in a preseason game. And they're probably going to play a lot. And it's for their own future benefit. Now they could get injured, which would be a problem, obviously. It's always a problem. But if you're facing the end of your football career, at least with the team you're currently playing for, and you tear an ACL on the way out the door, it's not like somebody else is going to swoop in and give you an opportunity. But it's coming where 37 guys who are currently on the roster are not going to be on the roster. Now, some will be on the practice squad. Some will be on injured reserve. Some will still be around, but the core, the locker room itself shrinks dramatically to the guys on the team. 53. We'll know everyone's 53 in five days. They've changed it in recent years. It used to be that Saturday of Labor Day weekend when they had four preseason games. It would be that Saturday all day long, and it was a stressful weekend for everybody. Now it's great. They do it on Tuesday, and everybody kind of gets that weekend off before we 
pivot to the regular season. So the locker room dynamics right now, a little bit up in the air. And that yeah. takes us to the top story for today, Christopher, because there's some strange locker room dynamics in San Francisco. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Where, as some expected, even though whenever we would mention the possibility, we were called idiots, we were called morons, we were called other words that I can't say in this format because we thought that the signs were pointing toward a depth chart at the quarterback position for the 49ers that went like this. Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance. Lo and behold, yesterday, the news breaks that the number two quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers will be not Trey Lance, but Sam Darnold. That wasn't a surprise for us, but all the Trey Lance truthers, and all the casual fans who just assumed that Lance would be at very worst the backup to Brock Purdy, they all lost their minds. They didn't see it coming. Well, you either weren't paying attention or you were ignoring the things you should have been paying attention That's right. to. That's right. Yeah, there was all the signs were out there, right? I mean, we, we were hearing reports, things back to OTAs, of course, throughout training camp, the way players and coaches were talking about the quarterback situation in general. You know, I, I don't think we were sitting there trying to make a proclamation or rooting for Sam Darnold. We were connecting dots on the fact that right from the get-go, I said, hey, I know Shanahan back from the, the 2018 draft that it was at 18 that Sam Darnold was in, right? Back to that draft that he always thought Sam Darnold was a damn good player, right? So there was that. Then there was, hey, he's looked sharp in practice, and he's picking up the offense, and you start to hear a little buzz about him, and it wasn't hard to connect the dots there. And then you watch the preseason games, and he outplayed Trey Lance in both games. Trey Lance was better. Yes, there's some improvement in the game. There's no doubt about it. But we still saw mistakes in the Raiders game, in the Broncos game. You know, I hear from, you know, teams like the Raiders – you know, that the practice wasn't exactly necessarily like blow you away from Trey Lance when they scrimmaged all that. So other people are seeing that, right, Mike? 
And so I don't think this was a shock to people who were, were really viewing it closely. Uh, I think we all thought this was coming. It was just a matter of time of when it happened and then what it, when it did happen, what would be the repercussions off of that, and that's kind of where we are right now. I think back to first when they signed Sam Darnold. Yeah. Knowing you yeah. and knowing how you know Kyle Shanahan and knowing that Kyle has always had this affinity for Sam Darnold, from that moment it was like, oh, oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, he got a chance. This could get interesting. Right. And then, and it was back in early May when Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area said, and I quote, once I find the quote, <laughs> that Sam Darnold could be the most talented thrower of the football that the 49ers have ever had. Okay. When Mayoko said that, and folks lost their minds, and they thought Mayoko was crazy, and right. really, Joe Montana, Steve Young, they've had some good quarterbacks. Yeah. They've yeah. had some guys who can spin it, right. as they like to say. Mayoko didn't just come up with that. No. Mayoko got that from Kyle Shanahan. That, Somebody that very high up, for sure. Right, I hear you. Exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't long after that that Shanahan basically said the same thing himself. Those were tangible signs of where this is heading. So we go through the offseason, and there's, and then we get to training camp. And, you know, once they put up as the number two quarterback behind Purdy, Darnold or Lance, it was over at that point. It's over at that point. It's the way that they're getting the 49ers fans comfortable with the idea that Lance is going to be number three at best. At best. Chris, there's a chance he's number four. There's a chance that Kyle's not going to say it, but it goes Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Brandon Allen, Trey Lance. There's a chance. There's a chance that that's what Kyle sees as the hierarchy of those four guys. Well, you know, we we talked a lot about this before. First off, like, would they be a team that keeps four? You know, how will that play out? We know they've been, you know, cursed as far as quarterback injuries and things of that nature. So you, you you would think three for sure. And that's where, you know, again, uh, Trey Lance has shown improvement, right? I, I would be shocked if they ever put Brandon Allen in front of him. I think I look at it too, you know, that they, they're, they're, they're still people in that building and Shanahan included who they're rooting for Trey, uh, Trey Lance. Like they're no longer going to formulate the organization and the offense around them. That's moved on. Right there, it's it's Brock Purdy ball. It's fits more Sam Darnold now. We got to do what we got to do. We we can't, you know, the training wheels were were on for a while. It didn't work, and we got to move on and go. But you know, at the same time, I, I do think, hey, there's there's true respect for the person and what he's worked through and gone through and all that, right? And then, hey, they know th that it, it, he didn't. You know, this isn't all his fault. That this was a tough situation to come into. I know my buddy Shanahan. He's the type that feels like he failed Trey Lance probably to a degree as well and didn't put him in some of the best situations. So ultimately, like, you know, I saw some of the comments from Shanahan yesterday and whatever else. I think he still wants it to work for Trey Lance. I think he would do whatever, you know, do whatever makes Trey Lance happy too. 
I do. But I well, do I'll think see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. I'll but I do think I he would want it to work and get, maybe teams, he got a second chance and it worked. He could be like, hey, look, he worked, he came along, and now we might see the guy that, you know, we all thought he might be. And I don't think they're giving up on that dream yet. That would be uncharacteristic if Kyle Shanahan would deliver him to a spot where the goal would be let Trey Lance turn into something special because part of that problem is you look like an idiot. Yeah, him go. I hear you. You look like an idiot for not being the one to get the most out of him. So, look, there is still a very cold, dispassionate approach to these rosters. Interchangeable pieces of the football machine. One guy's out, next guy's in. And, and also, last year when Jimmy Garoppolo was available in trade, I felt like they wanted too much. Yeah. I felt like they were being unreasonable. I don't disagree. And I can't help but wonder... Will someone in that organization, whether it's Kyle Shanahan or, or uh, John Lynch or Jed York or somebody, will somebody say, hey, we gave up a hell of a lot for this guy. We're not just giving him away. We're not just handing him away to somebody for a conditional seventh-round pick because he wants to go play for this team, and that's all they'll offer. So we got, we got many layers and levels to this yeah. where it goes forward and how we even got here in the first place. Look, I, I still think Kyle freaked out after Super Bowl 55 when he saw Patrick Mahomes, the guy he refused to scout because he was waiting for Kirk Cousins, play Tom Brady, the guy he said no thank you to less than a year earlier, playing in the Super Bowl against each other. I think in the aftermath of that game, they decided the hell with it. We can't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to stay healthy. And when he is healthy, he can't make the big throw in the big spot. We're going to make our move. We're going to go all in. We're putting our chips in the center of the table. We're going to move up as high as we can in the draft. And then we're going to figure out which of these guys we want other than, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. And then we're going we're gonna to have our guy. And they did all that. And they stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I mean, it's their own damn fault that this guy hasn't had a fair chance. He got it last year, then he broke his ankle, which is the ultimate irony because the reason they fell out of love with Jimmy Garoppolo is because he couldn't stay healthy. Lance hasn't stayed healthy either. So it's just one big mess. And the best move now, given where we are, is for Trey Lance to get a fresh start somewhere else because he had no say in this. He got drafted. It's not an honor and a privilege. It's been a nightmare for Trey Lance. So with all that said, let's hear from Kyle Shanahan, who yesterday – Broke the news to Trey Lance that he was number three. Didn't meet with reporters, but instead did a pre-taped interview with the flagship radio station KNBR. Here's Kyle Shanahan explaining to KNBR why he chose Darnold over Lance as the backup to Brock Purdy. Um, just really starting back from OTAs all the way to now. I mean, it was a hell of a battle. They, they were neck and neck for a long time, but just really over these last, you know, 10 days and stuff, we, we felt Sam started to separate himself. Um, we felt he did it in practice consistently and, um, he's been getting better each day. Uh, Trey made it real tight. He made it tough. Um, it was an easy decision for us, but, um, we felt, you know, with the, the work that they both put in this game, um, you know, our decision was made before this game, so felt that I owed it at least to Trey to tell him first and foremost. So I brought him in this morning and let him know, and um, now we're here. Um, we know what Brock did in his seven games that he got to play, and that's why I was clear with all the quarterbacks here, and I think anyone who had asked me that, you know, Brock had earned that spot. Um, we weren't sure if Brock was going to come back or not, um, and we had the opportunity to add another in free agency with Sam, and those guys have been competing for the two spot, and Sam just beat him out on that, and it was a tough matchup for him, but um, he ended up pulling it off. 
you know, on one hand, I respect Kyle Shanahan for giving Darnold a fair chance to win the job and embracing the aftermath, which means you've got Trey Lance at number three, and now what are you going to do with him? It would have been very easy to just make Lance number two and Darnold right, number three. Right. It would have been very easy. Yeah, right. Just tell Sam, look, you know, Sam, we, we, we gave up a lot for this guy. I mean, it's not like Sam Darnold's making more money being number two versus number three. There's no, no incentive no. in his clause that he gets a million-dollar raise if he's the backup. Just say to Sam Darnold, hey, you know, you, uh, if, if Brock Purdy gets injured. Yeah, be ready. We'll, we'll be ready, but you might be it. listed at number yeah. three right now. Yeah. Right, right. But, but you know, I just got to do this because we gave up a lot to get this guy, and we want to keep all three because last year we needed three guys. Jimmy Garoppolo steps in for Trey Lance, then he gets injured and Brock Purdy comes in. So you never know when you're going to be needed. But I just got to have Lance at number three because, you know, we gave up a lot. We gave up a lot to get him. So And Sam Darnold would have understood that. So I that's why, on the other hand, I don't buy the idea that this was just some separation from Sam Darnold in the past 10 days. I don't think it was some separation in the past 10 days. This was a long time coming. I this think, is a clear yeah. and obvious Darnold is better than Lance in the eyes of Kyle Shanahan. This isn't some photo finish, Chris. I, this, I, is a, yeah. this is a blowout I, in, in Kyle Shanahan's eye. For him to do this... It's it's not even close. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with that sentiment. You know, again, I, I I don't I can't get inside of Kyle Shanahan's head there. But just I think again, going back to what we talked about and that, right? We we heard Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. We heard hey, Trey Lance. Okay, <laughs> okay. You know, I think you know when he maybe when he speaks to the last ten days, right? And we see on that clip, I think probably. Those last 10 days, he's specifically talking about, yeah, the last two scrimmages we had, I mean, two preseason games we had, the scrimmages we had against the Raiders before we played them in the preseason, I'm sure that's when it started to at least crystallize, right? You're giving guys a chance till that point. You're still going, hey, wait, I like this guy, I like this guy. Hey, but it's early on in camp. I'm not going to over-evaluate it. Now you start to see, whoa, we're going to ramp it up in practice. Whoa, we're going to practice against some other teams. We're going to play in preseason. And that's when you start to go, damn, there, there's a difference. There's, there's a difference. It's clear cut. One guy can go out there and make all the throws. He processes everything. He sees the field really well. The other guy, as we see, he holds the ball for a while. Sometimes he doesn't see people that are covering and right in front of him, you know, and covering receivers. So I think that's where it just became kind of the moment of like, boom, you know, smack you in the face. All right. That's right. Sam Darnold is a much better player. We got to make him number two. The team is seeing that. The organization sees that. Everybody in the media that reports on practice sees that. It's time to just end this conversation and move on. And that's where I do respect Kyle and give him credit for, for doing what's right by the team and not being worried about, like you're saying, the politics or how it might look and everything like that. But again, I think the gap is so big that you set the politics aside more easily when it's clearly Sam Darnold, and you've gotten to the point where yes, you're at a crossroads with Trey Lance. Right. And you've got to do something about the guy who has fallen now to number three on the depth chart just a year after he was entering the season as the starter, played in Chicago in that ridiculous yeah, monsoon, whatever that was, right. monsoon in, yeah. in Illinois, and then broke an ankle the next week. So, and... 
Yeah, and it's concerning because he's Look, a guy that hasn't played a lot and experience and being natural at the position, the things we talked about. And, you know, I got a lot of flack for when he was coming out in the draft because I was worried about these type of things. And, yeah, it's it's all kind of gone front and center here, and we haven't seen development in that mode. And then here we are again. He's going to be on the, you know, the back burner and not get to play again. And that's where you start to worry about Trey Lance's career arc a little bit. Do you still believe Kyle Shanahan when they made the move in late March of 2021 from 12 to 3, adding two first-round picks and a third-round pick with the 12th pick to become pick three? Right. Do you believe Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones when they made that move and was later talked out of it by someone you or do, talked himself out of yeah, it? Yeah, yes, I do believe that. You know that. I do, yes. I believe when that trade was made, right, knowing my friend a little bit and just knowing the way he likes quarterbacks – and some other things I heard from other people, yeah, I think that trade was made for Mac Jones. And then it got into a lot of outside factors, whether that was people in his ear. He started to think, man, a lot of my coordinators are around the league. They're all stealing my offense and my plays. Maybe I need to give a new look. The media and the fan base, it became a thing. You're going to draft Mac Jones with this belly over these guys right here. It all just became a downhill crap storm. And I can understand coaches getting a little nervous with that. And yeah, in my assessment or just, you know, knowing my friend there, I think that, yeah, he changed his mind somewhere along the process. Whether he talked himself out of it, you know, you hear maybe John Lynch and Adam Peters were big, you know, Trey Lance fans, and they were kind of working at him this whole time, whatever it was. But, yeah, I do believe that he changed at some point, yes. I mean, Kyle Shanahan needs to take a look back at the last five or six years in San Francisco and ask himself, how did I get talked off of Kirk Cousins to Jimmy Garoppolo, and how did I get talked off of Mac Jones to Trey Lance for as good as that team has been they have been a disaster at the quarterback position however because people say oh you're not criticizing the 49ers enough for how badly they got it wrong with Trey Lance well I think we've been criticizing them plenty but the balance to that is they're in the NFC championship game in the draft oh yeah with the very last pick in the draft in 2022 they get Brock Purdy who by all appearances is everything Kyle Shanahan's always been looking for right as long as he stays healthy right Right. I, I, you know, yeah, it, it didn't work. Listen, I'm not going to fault the 49ers for swinging for the fences and trying to get a guy like you said that they didn't have to. Because, you know, listen, I hear everybody go, well, and, and I'm kind of sick of this. All Jimmy G did is win games. Okay. So, I mean, so look at yeah. the games. Yeah. How he many games did we watch and right. go, sure. they won in spite sure. of him, right? I mean, you know, we were at the Minnesota playoff game. He threw three balls right into the chest of the Minnesota Vikings players. Shanahan said, you know what? Same guy. I'm going to run Kendricks. it. Right. I'm going to run it every play the rest of the game. And then the next week in the NFC Championship, same, he said, I still don't trust it. I'm going to run it every play in that game. I mean, come on. You know, they've won games where Jimmy Garoppolo did the Green Bay Divisional game a few years ago. He threw one of the dumbest interceptions you'll ever see. He threw a dumb interception in the Rams NFC Championship game. He, of course, missed Cowboys game. Right. Tried to blow the Cowboys game. Exactly right. We could go through it. So for people to say all he did was win games, I want to go, listen, sure, he won games. That is so lazy. It is lazy. That is such a lazy take. It is. And and it's – Right. I I see – 
You know. I try not to watch much of anyone else or anything else. I don't want other ideas to be infecting ours, and I don't want to use this two hours to be shooting down what other people say when I see things I disagree with. But there is some lazy shit out there right now, and this idea that all Jimmy does is win games shows no appreciation of what it means to play quarterback, what kind of team the 49ers have around the exactly. quarterback. Right. That's why when I say for as much – as you know, I've, I've, I, I believe there are limits on what Kirk Cousins can do. If Kirk Cousins had become the 49ers quarterback in 2018 when he emerged via free agency from Washington, they would have two Super Bowl championships with Kirk Cousins. Not because of him, right. but because he's good enough to do all the stuff to get you to victory because all the other guys around him are so damn good. It's not him making this huge throw in a huge spot. He doesn't need to. Just stay healthy and stay on the field. Exactly. And you're going to win championships if you're Kirk Cousins with Kyle Shanahan and that defense. Exactly. It, it's, it's you know, it's again, this is a guy that made Matt Schaub look like an all-pro every year uh, and down in Houston. He was throwing for 4,000 yards, number one offensive football. RG3 comes in the league, reinvent an offense, do whatever. Matt Ryan, career's kind of fluttering. Damn, he's the best quarterback in football, wins the MVP. I mean, yeah, he knows how to, you know, coach an offense and do that. He just wants a guy to listen to him and run the offense. And, you know, yes, he's he's missed some opportunities to get some guys that, that I think could have done it better. You're right. There's no doubt about that. He knows that. He does. But, yeah, and that's, you know, where you go into back to the, the, the take there. You go, well, now all Brock Purdy does is win football games. And that's why he'll continue to win football games because, like you are saying – just a second ago, Mr. Irrelevant is he's a gym rat. Wait, Kyle said do this. Kyle said look at that. Okay, and he can take it onto the field and do it just like that and be almost like an extension of the coaching staff. And that's what, you know, offensive coordinators like Shanahan and McDaniels and some of the, Sean Payton, they want their quarterbacks to be like that. And that's what he's got here. And that's why Brock Purdy's the man. And Sam Darnold, you know, has more of that than Trey Lance. And that's why, you know, Sam Darnold is the second string guy. It's what Rex Grossman said in 2011 after the lockout ended. He was confident he was going to win the starting job in Washington. Why? Because I will run Kyle's offense exactly the way he wants it exactly. to be run. Right. That is how you become the starting quarterback. And that's what Brock Purdy is going to be. That's what Kirk Cousins would have been. That's exactly what Kirk Cousins would have been. And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo tried to be but he couldn't pull it off because in those moments where things got screwy he would do something stupid which explains why when the 49ers beat the Packers 37 to 20 in the NFC championship you would think 37 20 okay starting quarterback was probably 25 for 33 for 348 yards and three touchdowns and maybe one interception who knows Jimmy Garoppolo in that game even though the 49ers put up 37 points was six for eight not in the first quarter not the <laughs> no, first quarter I know we six laughed about it for eight <laughs> in the entire game he was Bob Greasy the only thing that was missing that would have made him Bob Greasy with those big ass glasses Greasy used to wear while he was playing that was all that was separating Garoppolo from Bob Greasy. So, yeah, they set offensive football back 50 years. And it wasn't Shanahan. It was Garoppolo. He no longer trusted Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Garoppolo 
was on the verge of being the Super Bowl MVP that year until he missed wide open Emmanuel Sanders with a championship throw that he failed to make. And I know you guys give me a hard time about that from time to time, but that's that's the day. No, that's the time. You. When you're a kid, you're counting it down. Five, four, three. You got to get one shot in your life to make that throw, and he, and he didn't make it. And, and I think between that and the injuries, they decided they're going to go on to someone else, and it just didn't work. Here is... Kyle Shanahan from KNBR yesterday on why it didn't work out with the guy they traded up to get with the third overall pick in the 2021 draft. You know, looking at our roster and everything that we felt it was important with our roster going forward that eventually we were going to need a quarterback on a rookie deal if we wanted to keep this team. And we made that decision back in um, after the 20 season and we weren't going to look back after that. And Trey was the guy we went with and we thought we would mix him in and ease him into some stuff the first year um, with a couple packages and stuff, but we didn't believe anyone we would have taken would have beaten out Jimmy that first year. And that's kind of how it looked starting early in practice. And Trey did play a little bit earlier in the year, but when he broke his finger, it really kind of messed him up and took away that first year for him where he had to overcompensate on some things and it really kind of hurt him working through that. And um, it affected him all the way into the offseason going into year two. Um, but year two was the time that he did have the job. Um, we were giving it to him. We were 100% committed and we were tailoring everything for him. And yeah, he was um, working an uphill battle because of his finger stuff that he went through the first year and how that had uh, slowed down his process of just um, where he thought he would be. So he was a little behind on that. But Trey, the type of guy he is, the competitor, what could he, what he could do with his legs, we still felt confident that he would get it as the year went. And then he broke his ankle in the second game. And when he did that, it took away another year for him to develop. And that was unfortunate. You know, so he missed two years to develop, not to mention the COVID year of his last year in college. So now he had gone three years without it. And that opened up an opportunity for Brock. Okay. Look, I... I made this comment yesterday when we were discussing the aftermath of this. Kyle Shanahan is one of those guys, in my opinion, who has mastered the hard parts of the job, but trips over the easy parts of the job. And it was all laid out in that soundbite we just played. They wanted to have a quarterback under a rookie contract. Fine, fine. Why do you trade up the number three to do that? You're sitting at 12. Just stay put. Just stay put and see how the board plays out. When you move up to number three, you create expectations in your fan base. This is basic common sense, human nature stuff. You don't go make that move to number three and then put him on ice for a year. Nobody was going to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. Then why the hell are you moving up to number three to get him? Why are you desperate to make this move and throwing multiple first-round picks into this pot to move from 12 to three? Stay put at 12 and see what happens. And you know what? If you don't like the guy at 12, scout all the quarterbacks. Maybe you'll get a guy with the last pick in the draft who'll come in and sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a year and then take over next year. That, to me, is astounding that their strategy for dealing with this, knowing full well, if he's telling the truth, that no one was going to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021, it makes it even more curious and confounding that they gave up what they did to move up and take a guy who wasn't going to play that year. You can't do that in today's NFL. You can't create that expectation. This isn't Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. This is we're done with Jimmy Garoppolo. We're not giving him one more year, and we're not going to put this guy on ice that we've given up so much to get, especially when he didn't play in 2020. He needs reps. He needs to play. So, well, Those yeah, are the things that make me up. think the mind was changed maybe up. during the process, yeah. right, like you're talking about, right, I mean, because maybe – Hey, with a guy like if it was Mac Jones, you're, you're not thinking that like, oh, no, you know, he's got to play. 
And, and honestly, you know, I think Mac Jones would be, the again, the kind of guy that Shanahan would like, right? Kirk Cousins type there. Just going to do exactly what you say, processes it, boom, all over it. Got natural feel for the game. But, I mean, listen, Mike, I know what you're saying. It didn't work out. You know, but I think at the time, too, there was some rumors kind of swirling, percolating. One, that Atlanta at number four really liked Trey Lance, so maybe there was a thought there. There was also a thought that New England was hot on Mac Jones and that they were looking to make a move up in the draft there and kind of position themselves to get him. And I think maybe that was probably – or not. I don't think. I, I think that was the reason Shanahan and them moved up and made the aggressive move so they can make sure – out of the remaining three, not named Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, that they could have their pick of the litter, you know. But you're right, and I'm not d- disagreeing with you that it, it sets expectations and it put more pressure on the situation. They made an aggressive move. They thought, you know, they could get it right and change their franchise for a long, long time. It didn't work out. It didn't. And yeah, they're they're paying for it, and they're still having to deal with talking about it and the the repercussions of all of it. And they may have to keep talking about it for a while because Shanahan was also asked yesterday whether or not Lance will be on the team week one despite being number three on the depth chart. Here's what he had to say. I'm really hoping so. I mean, this isn't a thing that we're giving up on Trey. This is more of how Brock played in his seven games, and that was decided before the season started. And then how good Sam's looked. They both looked good. But we do have to make a decision here. And you only get so many reps at it, and um, we feel – you know, starting about 10 days ago, Sam really separated himself. And um, we got to keep it real in that way. But mm-hmm. I feel very, very fortunate to have both of them here. I really hope when it's said and done that all three of these guys are here. And uh, you never know when that's going to come up. We needed four guys last year. Um, doesn't happen much. But um, if we can have Trey as an option here, um, I would feel extremely happy about that and i think the other quarterbacks in our room would and i think our team would trey's a very well liked guy one of the better people i've been around and i do think he's going to have a lot of success in this league it's been a tough road for him because he at times he has gotten an opportunity um he ended up getting hurt and missed that window and now he's sitting in this position and we'll always try to do right for trey um if there's a better situation that his heart's in and something like that um we're going to make sure not to do something that hurts him in that way. Um, so that's stuff that I talked to him about this morning. That's stuff I'll talk to him about tonight and continue to talk to him about. But um, Trey knows how I feel about him, and um, I, mean, I, I hope he ends up being able to be here, and that's the best thing for him. But uh, we got to see what is the best thing um, from now until then. There are some parallels to Zach Wilson, who was taken one spot before Trey Lance back in the 2021 draft. Zach Wilson content to stick around even though he had been supplanted by Aaron Rodgers. And even though it felt like the Jets were done with him, at the end of the day he realized the best thing for him is to stay there. It feels like now the ball is in Trey Lance's court. Does he believe it's the best for him to stay there? And the problem is it's coming to a head. Yeah, fairly quick here. The start of the season. Yeah, yeah. So from Lance's perspective, like, What's better for him? Yeah, it's to a just good question. stick around through the end of the season, or uproot his life and go join a depth chart where he doesn't know anybody, where he doesn't know where he fits. He may be number three on another team. Exactly. Like, what's he gonna do? Go in and be number like, okay, I could be number three where I know everybody, and maybe I'll play this year because they used four guys last year. Right. 
Or I can just go be a stranger in a strange team with a strange locker room and a strange playbook and a new apartment and a new life and a new everything, and I'm still number three. Why do I want to do that? I'll just do it after this year. Now, the only benefit would be if he sees the opportunity in 2024. And this is why Minnesota makes the most sense. Remember, I had heard at the Combine there was talk of Kirk Cousins for Trey Lance, and obviously there would have been more from the 49ers to the Vikings. It's not going to be a straight-up Dan Pastorini-Ken Stabler trade. Hmm. But – but Trey Lance could go to Minnesota and be number three, and he's not far from North Dakota where he went to college, and I think he grew up in that area. You go back home, sort of, and or he may even be from Minnesota for all I know. I, I think he's from Minnesota. Up. I'm pretty but, sure he's from Minnesota. So, yeah. so you, go back, you go back home, and you sit and learn for a year, and then next year they got nobody. They got nobody. Kirk Cousins is walking away in free agency after this season, most likely. So that may be the best play. That may be the only play for Trey Lance. And they had those conversations earlier this year about Lance for Cousins as a flip flop, as a flip flop, uh, as part of a deal that would be more than a flip flop. Yeah, no, this is the the next part, the interesting conversation, interesting part of the conversation here. That I mean, it can go a lot of different ways. You know, it, it can. And yeah, can all right. So first off, is where is Trey Lance at in this conversation? I think you brought it out, or you you said it correctly, right? Do you really want to go somewhere right now, starting over new, trying to learn a new offense, and probably still be the number three guy? And then you can't put your best foot forward as your first impression to really show you know what you could possibly be. Hey, I I, all, I know we all think, hey, a, a fresh new look and a new spot would be good for him, but I'm not sure it would be good for him right now, right this second, right? And you said it right. You get to be the third string on a team that has been, you know, cursed by the, in, the quarterback injury bug. Brock Purdy was hurt last year. Sam Darnold's been banged up a few times in his career too. And if you do get in, you're around one of the best rosters and teams in football and a guy that knows you and you know the system. And that's where I would, if I was advising Trey Lance, I'd go, hey, man, I know this ain't easy. I know it's not. But just just hang in there. I, I, I think this is still the best spot for you to grow, at least for the short term here, and then you reevaluate after the season. And yeah, you probably move on unless you get to play and, and blow people out of the water. But, you know, I think that would be the best route. The other route, of course, is tr- like, hey, I just think I need a new fresh start and all that. Sure, that that could be good for him mentally, but I don't know if it'll be best for him football-wise. And my other two cents on that would be, is anyone really going to trade for Trey Lance right now? And really? I mean, he's a social media, everybody looks at him and does that. He hasn't played in three years, just like Shanahan talked about. The 49ers don't even think he's a first or a second string quarterback at this moment, Right. That's where, and I think they still owe him a little money from his rookie contract that's still guaranteed. So I look at all those and go, I don't know if anybody would trade for him anyways. And I think the 49ers, if he did get in and play, they want it to work. And like we said, they could go, hey, look, he's pretty good. Look, it kind of justifies that move we make. So that's where I don't, I I think he should stay with the Niners. And here's where I I believe that that, uh, to the extent that Cal Shannon is professing some degree of altruism and, uh, you know, they want to work with Trey, whatever. I, they knew back in May that he was going to be number three. They knew he was going to be number three. They, yeah, most the time to get the did. fresh start is right. in May. Right. The time to get the fresh start is then. It's too late now. Exactly. It all happens now. Yeah. Two weeks before the start of the season, what's he going to say? They know him well. He's going to say, 
eh, you know, I'll just stay here. If I'm going to be number three somewhere else, I'll be number three here. And here's why someone could trade for him. His salary this year is $940,000. He's received the bulk of his, okay. his pay okay. via a roster bonus, a uh, training camp roster bonus of $2.5 million. Gotcha. Next year, he's on the books for like $5.5 million, and it's fully guaranteed. But for a backup quarterback, $5.5 million isn't a whole lot of money. And if you think you've got a shot at a franchise guy who just hasn't had a chance to play, and you get him in a system where you support him, and you, you embrace him, and he's your guy, that's the other side of this, too. We don't know who's out there that is thinking, oh, wait, I got another shot at Trey Lance. I didn't. I wanted him in 2021, and I still want him now, and I got a shot at him. We don't know who's out there thinking that because it's not something they're going to wear around on a T-shirt. Right. So, But what uh, are you going to do, other, Mike? What are you going to do, Mike? You're going you're gonna to go out there on a limb and trade a, and, and, and give away a fifth-round pick for Trey Lance, and he might be your third-string quarterback, and you're going to pay him a guaranteed – Almost six million dollars. I mean, we know how these teams work. I, I I just don't imagine that happening for for a team where it could be like again, you know, egg on your face, and you go in the fan base going, "We gave six million dollars to a third string quarterback, and then uh, and the fifth round pick, pick a hundred and ninety four. They used it, and look at the player they got now, and uh, look at him. And I just that's where I I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it will right now. He is from Marshall, Minnesota, two hours and 43 minutes to the southwest of Minneapolis. So, look, that one makes the most sense. Yeah, I've been you. looking at him as a guy who's a potential backup for Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes, a guy with the mobility who could run the offense I hear you. if those guys get hurt. Right. And you need somebody who can come in and win a couple of games. If the starter gets hurt, it happens from time to time, and the season can go off the rails if you don't have a competent backup. But is the investment worth it when you got him for two years? That's it. You get, you get to exercise or not the fourth-year option after this season. No one's picking up the fourth-year option or fifth-year fifth option, option, excuse yeah. me, on Trey Lance. Yeah, so, so you got him for two years. Is it enough? I could see drafting a guy who falls to you and making him your backup, and he's got similar exactly. skill set to the starter, and you keep him around for four years. Maybe you flip him after three years like Andy Reid used to do. He'd flip quarterbacks and flip quarterbacks, and they'd get to their team and like, this guy sucks. Well, Andy Reid is the reason why we thought he was good. So it all makes sense if you got four years. You only got two years. Minnesota makes the most sense as get him in, let him be third or second. I mean, Nick Mullins. Let him be second on the depth chart behind Kirk Cousins. Cousins doesn't care. Cousins isn't going to freak out about it. Cousins knows which way yeah, the wind's blowing exactly in Minnesota. Right. Right. And then you got a guy. Then you got a guy who competes to be your starter next year with whoever you would draft or somebody else you would sign. But you got a potential starter for five and a half million in twenty twenty four. And if it works out, you keep him around. I I, I hear you. I I just be interested. To, I, I hear the logic. I do. Yeah, Minnesota, of course. You know. They got a GM there that came from the 49ers, right? So he's going to have a good feel for Trey Lance, right? We heard the Atlanta Falcons. You know, there was a lot of people that thought they were hot on Trey Lance at pick four when he came out in the draft. And to your point, he would make sense behind a Desmond Ritter, right? It'd be a similar, hey, he can move a little bit. We just want him to hand the ball off and make a few throws here and there. That would make sense. Rand Carthon, we you know the GM of the Tennessee Titans when he signed with the with the Tennessee Titans, right? That was when Trey Lance put out the tweet of like fingers crossed emojis, right? I guess maybe trying to imply, hey, come get me, come save me, whatever. I don't know, 
But those are three you look at. But, you know, Tennessee, of course, has three quarterbacks right now, so they're not going to make that move, I don't think. Atlanta, Minnesota, maybe. I just – I got to see it to believe it. I, I think there's too much – negative perception, not a natural feel. They've scrimmaged against certain teams. They're going to hear from those teams that, damn, it didn't look that great when he was out there against us. They're going to turn on preseason film. And just like some of the clips that are circulating in social media last week, they're going to go, you know, he made some good throws, but he makes some plays where you go, this is like basic NFL first day of, of class type stuff here, and we still didn't make the right read or see it right. And that's where... I think it's it's at the end of the day. I just don't think there's going to be a market for him. I don't I don't see that happening. And look, as I said earlier, it all comes down, I think, to what Trey Lance wants to do, what he decides to do. And there are indications that he's not real happy with this outcome when he's told yesterday by Kyle Shanahan that That's he's right. going to be third string. Yep. And Shanahan decides decides based upon his reaction to send him home for the day. I think that's significant. Let's hear Kyle Shanahan explaining the decision to not have Trey Lance present at practice on the day Lance found out he had been demoted to number three. Trey's put his heart and soul into this, like like a lot of players, like like almost all players do. And these are conversations I have to have with guys a lot, and they're never easy. Um, they're really tough. Um, but it's also always tough when the spotlight's on it um, as much as it is with this situation with you know, with it being Trey, with our quarterback, um, is picking the draft. So I knew that was hard on him. Um, we had such a light practice today, and um, you know, watching how Trey was and when we talked, we just thought it was better. Hey, take the day off, get away a little bit, um, clear your head some, and we'll talk later in the afternoon, and we'll get you back in here tomorrow. And uh, especially the practice we had today it was our shortest one of the year. First time we didn't do pads. Um, just felt it was the best thing for him. Look, I. I... This gets back to this question of why it took so long for them to come to this conclusion, and I'm curious about what he was told every step of the way. You know, they signed Sam Darnold. Does he call up Kyle or John Lynch or somebody and say, what's this mean for me? You brought in Sam Darnold. What's that mean? Don't worry about it. You're still our guy. Is that what they said? Right? And as, as, as Lance, I mean, Lance is in position to see the same stuff the rest of us see when they start praising Sam Darnold and talking about his arm talent. And, and last month, Kyle Shanahan compared him to Steve Young without comparing him to Steve Young. What messages were sent to Lance if Lance at any point inquired as to where do I stand? Was it news to him yesterday? Was he led to believe he's going to be number two? And for the first time in months was told otherwise? However he reacted, it caused Kyle Shanahan to think the best thing to do is send him home for the day. That tells me, Chris, we got to watch and see after he sleeps on it, after he processes it, how's he going to feel about this? Does he feel like he's been lied to? Does he feel like he's been misled? Does that make him more inclined to say, I want out, and I don't want you all to be trying to justify what you gave up to get me and demanding too much. I want you to basically give me away for a ham sandwich to whichever team I want to go play for. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm interested to see how that plays out, too, and what Trey Lance finally decides here. I do think Shanahan will try to do right by him no matter what. I do. And, you know, Shanahan, here, here would be my two cents. You've heard me say this before, and this is my experience with him as a human and, of course, following him closely as he's been a head coach. He, he you know, is not a BSer. That, that's not who he is. He's very honest with his players, right? We've talked about that before. 
He's not going to be one to mislead or do any of that or BS and get caught in some lie. So I would be shocked if, you know, he wasn't extremely upfront. He was upfront with Jimmy G when he was like, hey, we're going to draft a quarterback. We're just letting you know. We're drafting a quarterback. Hi. We've got pick 12. and they, So I don't think that he's not afraid of confrontation. Anybody that's worked with Shanahan or anybody knows that. You know, four-letter words fly out of his mouth. He tells coaches like it is. That's what it is. So I would be surprised, let alone, hey, Sam Darnold was the second-string quarterback in this last preseason game, right? Let alone, right, we, we hear the reports of practice. People are seeing that. You're not hearing the 49ers locker room or players go, man, it's shocking Trey Lance isn't the backup. They've been seeing it. They know who's been whooping ass at practice on a daily basis. So that's where I don't think it's a shock for any of them. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I do really believe Shanahan and that he wants Trey Lance to be there the, as the number three guy. I do. But I think he'll do right by Trey Lance. And if Trey Lance came in today and said, hey, I want to be traded and do all that, I think Shanahan and, and John Lynch would do their best to try to appease him and make that happen. Well, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Because it's uncharacteristic for the 49ers or any team to just give a guy away because the guy asked nicely or because the guy feels like he's had the short end of the stick and they want to do right by him and they want to place him with a team where he can reach the potential he never reached with them and make them look bad in the process. No, we'll you're see right. You're right. 49ers do. I think something you brought up early in the show, they got four quarterbacks and they got another quarterback that I think they probably think could be the third stringer too. So that makes it a little easier as well. If it was just those three, I'm with you. They might drive a little bit of a hard bargain. But since there's four there that I think are liked and respected, then that makes it a little easier to go, hey, it's been a screwed-up situation. We're partly, partly part of the problem of why this situation's messed up. And, of course, the expectations were through the roof. That's the other thing that maybe was not taken into account. You're a Super Bowl-caliber team, and you draft a quarterback like that. Everybody expects it to be big time, and, well, he should win every game and be awesome. And, you know, I think that's, it's all been a very tough situation there for Trey Lance and the 49ers. All the more reason why they shouldn't have traded up. They shouldn't have done it. Sit at 12, take a guy later, do something else, come up with another plan. If Jimmy Garoppolo is your guy for 2021, just ride with him and get somebody else somewhere else somehow. Don't make that big move. It creates expectations you're never going to fulfill. And you mentioned the fourth quarterback. Brandon Allen is the guy to watch. Shanahan told Michael Silver back in late July he might carry four guys on the roster, something that hasn't happened in a long time. Washington did it at one point where Pat White was one of the four guys they kept around when the Shanahans were there. And then when Kyle was asked about it at a press conference a day or two later, he was like, oh, I don't know about that. I got, a, I got a month to worry about that. So I think maybe, just maybe, he's realizing it's Purdy, it's Darnold, it's Allen, and Lance gets shipped off somewhere else and everybody moves on just like Jimmy G moved on. And before we move on, I mentioned Bob Greasy and Jimmy G, that connection statistically in the postseason. And I wasn't kidding when I said Bob Greasy used to play with glasses on. How in the world? I mean, that takes some guts, right? You're wearing glasses back in the days. Look what 63 is trying to do to him. He doesn't care he's got glasses on. He doesn't care if those lenses shatter and he has shards of glass in his cornea. Remember that from the cartoons growing up? You wouldn't hit a man with glasses, would you? He wore them during a football game, Chris. Well, I guess, you we know, it, it's it's take that or just, you know, can't see anybody and throw a bunch of interceptions. So you got to sometimes just take one of the one of the other and deal with it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes, pre-LASIK. See, it was either. And contact lenses, I guess. I don't know if they had them then. I think they did. But uh, you wear your glasses out on the football field. 
and you take your chances. All right, we'll take a break. More PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.